0: touch with technology with TechStuff from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey there, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm Jonathan Strickland, and today I've got a very special treat. The lovely, the talented, the intelligent, the amazing Shannon Morse has agreed to grace me with an interview. Uh, Shannon... Stole my heart the first time I met her in 2013 at CES because we, uh, we met and she immediately, instead of, uh, shaking my hand as I was putting my hand out, gave me a big old hug. How are you doing, Shannon?
0: (laughs) I'm doing wonderful. I remember that day so crystal clear. I just ran up to you and I was like, John! Hugs.
1: It was wonderful. I mean, you (laughs) know, I, not that I, not that I want everyone at CES to do that to me, but, once in a while, it's nice. Yeah. Uh, Shannon, <laughs> for all of my listeners who are, may not be familiar with your work, can you give us like a rundown of all the amazing stuff you do?
0: Absolutely. Um, so, of course, you can always find me on Twitter. I'm Snubs on there. But if you're really interested in checking out my podcast, I started podcasting in 2008 and I do about... Uh, five, six shows now? Well, one's kind of in the works, so I can't talk about that one quite yet. But I'm also doing Hack 5, which is H-A-K-5. It's all about hacking and modding and really interesting things that you can do with not only software, but hardware as well. We break and we reconstruct things. It's really fun. Lately, we've been hanging out with drones. It's super, super enjoyable. And I also do a show called TechZilla. That one's more of a question and answer show. We get a lot of viewers that email us with uh, tech questions, so we try to answer those, and we also do some tech reviews as well. Uh, Lately, I've been reviewing a lot of cell phones and tablets. Go figure. And last but not least, of course, is Coding 101, and that is a beginner's programming show. We're not really there to take place of college courses, but we're there to kind of give you a grasp of what programming looks like what different languages are available to you and get you excited about it. So we're hoping to get younger people really excited about programming and hopefully increase their experience in it when they actually delve into it in college. That's about it.
1: That's fantastic. And, I mean, it's great because it's coming at a time when I'm seeing kind of a resurgence in that interest in coding and sharing the love of coding because, you know, in the early 80s, I'm older than Shannon, in the early 80s, <laughs> when, uh, people were getting hold of things like Texas Instruments computers, Apple, the Apple IIe was my, my baby. Uh, you know, we started learning basic programming, truly basic programming, programming in basic. And, uh, and, and it was something that kids could get into. And then as time progressed, we started to see these programming languages become more and more sophisticated and complex. And therefore, the barrier to entry became higher and higher, and so for some people they felt discouraged getting into it because it just seemed like even the the first steps were far too advanced for them to really understand and appreciate. And I love seeing shows like yours as well as people working in the field to build hardware for folks to practice coding on things, of course, like like the Arduino micro uh, controllers yeah. and the Raspberry Pi. Um, these are great tools that I love seeing because it lets people get that foot in the door and then build upon the knowledge that they they uh, they are able to um, gain in those early days. So what got you Shannon interested in all of this?
0: <laughs> oh man, can I blame my dad
1: <laughs> well we can li- we can give him credit
0: <laughs> we'll give him credit. Well, when I was really little, the very first thing that was in my nursery was a computer, <laughs> and and that was the '80s. <laughs> so I grew up with computers in my house. My dad taught me how to build my first machine. He brought me to this uh, PC store in Indiana back when I was a little kid, and I just thought it was amazing. For me, it was like it was like Chuck E. Cheese for nerds. It was so incredible. With all the, all these pieces of RAM just hanging out and all the CPUs that you could choose from. It was just incredible to me. And I got very excited to learn that, like, it's not just the monitor that beholds what you can do with a computer, but it's also all the insides and how you can manipulate it to do all the different things that you want it to do. So he got me interested in that. Uh, my mom got me interested in theater cause she basically forced me into it and I en- ended up falling in love with it. So I took these two loves and I kind of combined them together to start doing podcasting. So now I'm entertaining, but I'm also trying to educate the masses about building computers, programming and hacking.
1: So when you got into podcasting, that was, that, you know, that's not that far into when it was really starting to take off. Uh, what was your experience like when you first started?
0: Um, it was kind of weird because I didn't really work with a network or anything like that. My my friends over at Hack 5 were just like, hey, you should come move in with us. And I decided to because I was just out of college and I didn't really have a job lined out for me or anything. So I, I ended up moving out there to Virginia, got a full-time job at a bank as a teller, which was really boring. And I ended up doing this show, Hack 5. Pretty much at like the middle of the night once a week for a, like a couple of years. Uh, when I first started doing it, it, it was really weird to me. It was very awkward to be in front of a camera as opposed to being in front of a theater audience because there's a really big, you know, it's a big difference. You don't have that kind of interaction that you get from theater.
1: Yeah, there's no live feedback. You don't, yeah. you can't tell when you're doing well and when you're not doing well. <laughs> you don't know when to amp up the energy or maybe pull it back.
0: Exactly yeah. so you don't you don't know if you're doing well until the show's on YouTube and then you start seeing the comments
1: <laughs> well, and you can't judge your performance by YouTube comments <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's very true. madness
0: took me a long time to learn that, so um yeah it was it was very interesting to me. it was a little bit hard. Some of my first segments are incredibly terrible, and I suggest that nobody go watch them, and now everybody's going to. <laughs> but i think that i've learned a lot i've been doing it since uh, uh 2008 and i've i've had more than 10,000 hours uh, just on podcasting alone whether that's researching producing or actually being in front of the camera and doing it so wow. i feel like i'm starting to get it now
1: <laughs> yeah they say that your first 10,000 hours are your hardest oh uh, yeah you know i i think that's about three episodes of tech stuff i do tend to get a little long-winded so <laughs> But, uh, on a more serious note, I am curious when you get, you know, you you do these episodes about, uh, hacking and about coding. You do all these shows, not just episodes, but entire shows about it. What is your favorite programming language that you've worked with so far?
0: Oh man. (laughs) I
1: know it's like choosing your favorite kid.
0: It is. (laughs) Oh man, that's a hard one because they all have good aspects. Uh, well, so far I've done Java, C Sharp, Python, and Perl, and um, I think C Sharp is my favorite. I, I really like the syntax. I like the organization, and we just started getting into object-oriented programming mm-hmm. uh, with C Sharp, and I found it really compelling because like I was able to build applications with it. It's just so cool, and it's, it's so much easier to use than some of the other ones uh, because, like, even the GUI just tells you whenever you make an error and it tells you exactly what line it does, it's on. So it's a lot more helpful to beginners. And I still consider myself a beginner programmer. So if, right now, yeah, C Sharp is my favorite.
1: All right. So then no, 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 <laughs> no one should hate you for that. I think just saying that gives people that insight to know that, you know, if if they're interested in just getting their toes wet, which programming language would be a fun one to start off with, one that really appeals to them. Uh, I always tell people that, uh, you know, it may take some some experimentation with different ones to kind of see which ones oh, yeah. click with your thinking style. Yes. You know, people think in very different ways, and the way I, I think and organize my thoughts, there are certain languages that work really well, and then there are other ones where I look at and I say, I don't know what this this. Gobbledygook is supposed to do, so I can't tell <laughs> exactly. you if it works or if it doesn't.
0: <laughs> and I think that's why a lot of people make their favorites when it comes to programming is just we we all think very differently. So psychologically, you might look at the data and think it's completely confusing, while I look at it and say, "Oh yeah, that completely makes sense."
1: Well, then now that we've talked about the the uh, the programming language side, you know, like you you said, hacking is so much more than writing code, than writing computer programs. A lot of us associate the word hacking with uh, the idea of, of breaking into a system, which is obviously a very narrow definition. In the old days, what hacking was all about was that you wanted some technology to do something specific. It was not necessarily meant to do that. So you had to figure out how to make the stuff you have do the stuff you want it to do and you would create a hack you would you know elegance was not necessary you didn't have to worry about looking pretty it just needed to work and uh, so there's some hackers who may take a little extra time and a little extra effort and a little extra baggage to get the thing done but the important thing is at the end of the day it does what you want it to do so with that in mind with the with hacking taking into account physical things not just uh, code are there any physical hacks that you found to be particularly interesting, something that really fascinated you,
0: yes, I've been doing some really cool hacks lately with something called uh software defined radio, and it sounds like it's just software, but it's not. uh you take these physical antennas and most of them have USB or micro USB connectors in them, so you can plug them into your computer and you can build different uh different length antennas to be able to pick up different kinds of frequencies. Plug them into these little, um, RTL SDR dongles that you plug into your computer. And then you can start picking up all sorts of different frequencies through your computer as opposed to the old school ham radio operators where they had the really, really big machines. Mm -hmm. These cost, you know, a fraction of the price. And you can also do it straight from your desktop or from your laptop. Uh, so I've been lately, I've been building a bunch of different antennas. I've learned how to, uh, basically, do the math behind antenna building, and it's wow. really, really complicated. Yeah, <laughs> it's complicated. You have to make sure one wire is grounded, and the other one's picking up lots of frequency speeds and whatnot. And then you have to make sure that you have it level and it's perfectly straight, so you, that your all your uh, your bandwidth is going out the correct directions. It's really weird, <laughs> but yeah, I've been having so much fun with like tracking airplanes and ships that are coming into the bay. And being able to, uh, one thing I really want to do is build an antenna to pick up the weather satellites. Luckily, mm. all of this stuff is legal. So this is this is hacking in a legal aspect, because that's what I like to do. Um, but right. yeah, this is my new favorite thing.
1: Yeah, this th- well, this is all about receiving information. It's not like you're beaming out something so that... Uh you know that weather satellite was supposed to be over Nevada, but instead it's in the <laughs> Pacific Ocean. Do you know anything about that? It's not like that
0: well, I uh, could do that, but I'd have to be a ham radio operator yeah. <laughs> licensed
1: <laughs> well what's what's interesting is that uh you know when you were mentioning the fact that the math behind antennas is so complex, I know that really well is because uh way back in the day when when we first started doing the tech stuff podcast, me and my original co-host chris Paulette one of the earliest requests we ever got was how cantanas work oh and yeah so we started looking into it and the more we looked into it the more desperate we began to feel <laughs> and to this day that episode has never been recorded so <laughs> listeners i'm i'm just going to throw this out in the middle of the episode if you in fact want to hear how cantanas work and you are curious about the technology that nearly broke tech stuff <laughs> write in and let me know, and I will once again go back to the drawing board and attempt to explain it. Because I want to see you do that. Yeah, I mean, I feel a little more confident than I did back in those days. But <laughs> even so, there's a there there's a lot of physics involved. There's a lot of things about the wavelength of the radio yes. waves that you're trying to pick up, and the relationship between the length of the antenna and the That's wavelength the hardest of the radio. Part. Yeah, yeah, because you have to have. You know, that's why you see these antenna that ha that are really, really tall for certain types of wavelengths of of radio waves, because that's the efficient means of picking up that frequency. And it has to be a certain fraction of the wavelength for you to be able to do that. Yep. Uh not something that all of us can easily do. Yeah. But uh <laughs> uh that that's fantastic. I mean I love I love this idea of um of of using modern technology to achieve something that in the old days a very small dedicated population had access to but anyone outside of that it just remained completely foreign yeah and so now you can just go out and get the pieces
0: i figure you know when the zombie apocalypse happens and there's a big emf and we have to make sure that you know we have a faraday cage protecting our ham radio operations i'm just going to have this little antenna and a little usb cable in my laptop i'll stick those in a faraday cage and after the emf happens i'll plug them in and i'll be good to go yeah
1: it's <laughs> it's good to have someone cheerful about the the zombie apocalypse
0: <laughs> i Everyone am a prepper s- okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> well we have walkers here in atlanta so i mean it's just oh, that's true. it's just a way of life here you know you <laughs> You know, you're on your way to the train station. You gotta like, dodge an entire group of zombies. I joke about it, but there was a day when I could not get to my favorite uh, diner because there was a mob of zombies between me and, and the <laughs> diner.
0: That's awesome.
1: Um, yeah, that's the wonderful thing about people actually shooting on location. Moving on to other tech questions, I want to know you've you've been covering technology for a really long time and in various ways. Are there any particular stories in tech? that you really felt were important and either you feel they weren't given the appropriate amount of attention or maybe you feel like it's faded from memory and should be brought back?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Well, the first one is still kind of in the news and it's the whole Edward Snowden thing. Yes, And There were there were a whole bunch of hacks and a whole bunch of security issues way before Edward Snowden came along. But Mm -hmm. he really brought a lot of it to light for the public. And I think that was really, really important because a lot of the public just doesn't care about their security. And now that this is starting to become an issue, they're starting to pay more attention to when they, you know, when they connect their phone to open wireless or when they go to the Starbucks and somebody and they give somebody their password or whatever it might be. So I think that was really important. And the second thing I'm really itching to see more of in the tech techosphere would Mm -hmm. be uh, women in tech news about women that are, you know, taking over for companies like um, the woman that works at Yahoo. That was a really, really big news thing. Mm -hmm. And she got a lot of controversy when she first started. And most of it was just because she was a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really important to get more women into uh, working in tech, whether that's just reporting on it or actually doing behind the scenes stuff like hacking and programming. It's so, so important to me that I'm able to, you know, watch this and report on it as it comes along. And hopefully it's good stuff that I'm reporting on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've also taken a few stabs at covering those those uh those stories as well, including I did an episode recently where uh, I brought in Kristen Conger of stuff mom never told you. I love her. (laughs) She's been, she's phenomenal, right? Yeah. You've done, you've done some um, hangouts with her, right? Google hangouts.
0: She's so funny.
1: She is, she's hilarious and she really knows her stuff. And she joined me and we had a nice, frank conversation about Anita Sarkeesian and her work with the women versus our tropes versus women in video games.
0: That's awesome. And,
1: uh, yeah, it was a, it, it's a fantastic episode. If you guys haven't listened to it, you should definitely go and check that out. Kristen makes some great points. Um, and I fumble my way through and, uh, <laughs> uh as is my want, but that's, I, I feel the same way. I feel very strongly about that because I, I am fortunate to work in an office that is filled with some of the most intelligent people I've ever had the, luxury to know, and they are men and women who are constantly keeping me on my toes. And to just see that and to say, why is this, this this is something that's just, this is the norm. This is actually normal, and a lot of people don't end up uh, appreciating that. So the folks who do report on those stories to make sure that they do get the attention they deserve get my respect quite a bit. So uh now you you said that you have to talk a lot about tech reviews you know the kind of things that you have to look at uh, are there any tech products that you felt um you know were absolutely stellar something that truly knocked your socks off i mean not that it's an endorsement i'm just curious
0: Yeah okay. <laughs> there is and it's going to sound really cheesy but there's these things called the nekomimi ears
1: are these the ears that react to your emotional status? Yeah. By... So
0: it sounds really cheesy,
1: doesn't so it? So <laughs> this is this are the kitty cat ears that perk up if you're if you get uh, if you're like a become suddenly alert. You're you're, you're mentally oh, yeah. yeah. So this is um
0: this is not a big surprise knowing you. It shouldn't because I'm I'm obsessed with anime and I love cats. So if I can cosplay as a cat, I'm perfectly fine with this, especially if the ears move. So. A lot of people think that these things are totally fake, but I have some and I've worn them a lot. And I know that you can (laughs) you can train them. (laughs) You can you can make your brain think certain things and you'll figure out what things that you think about that will make them twitch or make them move softly and go to sleep. I figured out that if I do math, they twitch. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, it's. I, I just think the, um, the technology behind it is really cool because they use the brainwave detector that you put on your forehead as well as a little one that you clip onto your ear. Mm-hmm. And it picks up all sorts of different, um, you know, brain waves that you're thinking about. So it can't really read your thoughts, but it can read how active your brain is. And, uh, it's not only like the ears that have been created out of this, but also I went to the Yahoo, um, campus. About a year ago, and there was a really, really cool uh display of this out in their just in their backyard basically, somebody had built a huge like p v c piped uh, head of a person, a human head, but it was like ten feet tall and it was really big and um they lit it up with a bunch of leds and if you sit down and put on the brainwave sensors. It would start activating different LEDs depending on how active your brain was, and it was such a huge display that you could see it from really, really far away, and it would just light up the entire the entire yard. It was beautiful, really.
1: It's uh, it reminds me actually of, and I'm sure you've you've heard of this too. People who are using uh, a similar setup, but instead of detecting brainwaves, they're trying to stimulate cognitive abilities by uh, using light electrical current. Yes. And it's the same sort of thing. You you have one one like sponge with an electrode in it that's over essentially over uh not quite over on your temple but sort of over your eyebrow and another one that is closer to your temple on the other side. And uh you use that to stimulate your your brain's activity and anecdotal uh responses say that it helps boost things like uh your your mental acuity <laughs> and um of course this sort of thing I should I should add is something you want to be careful with <laughs> oh yeah and and I would not recommend any of my listeners actually rush out and try and do this uh I did a I have another show called forward thinking where uh Joe McCormick and I talked about it and uh and he's he's the one of the writers for the forward thinking show and he and I and and my former co-host Lauren, we all talked about this stuff, and they were shocked when I said, "Yeah, I I might try this." And they all <laughs> thought, "You're crazy!" As you? you should. So now, now that we've talked about some of the stuff you've done, you, since you do work also with uh hacking in general and things like you, you mentioned, you know, the the not you know being very careful if you're using public Wi-Fi, that kind of thing. What sort of tips would you have to give someone who wants to just be you know, generally safe with their, their Wi-Fi use? These are questions that come in all the time, and I've even done episodes on it. But it's always good to talk to someone who, who extensively covers this issue.
0: Oh, absolutely. I cover this stuff like every – darn day. (laughs) This is the only thing I talk about. So um, first off, if you do have to go to a public Wi-Fi place, and if you have to use public Wi-Fi, which I definitely recommend not to, uh, in fact, if you have the option, uh, just transfer your cell phone uh, data from your phone to your laptop if you have that option with your cell phone provider. That would be a much safer way as opposed to doing, you know, open wireless wherever you go. So if you have to connect to open wireless, uh, first off, make sure you're not logging into anything like your banks or your uh, email accounts or anything specifically related to your personal identifying information. Uh, If you do, your password and username could be stolen. It's really, really easy to do. Well, not so surprisingly. <laughs> uh, secondly, if you are on open wireless, make sure that each and every single password that you do use on all your different sites is different. So, if somebody did end up snooping your username and password, they wouldn't be able to use it to get into some alternative site. So, if your Facebook password is like God Sex Love, which if you watched Hackers, you probably recognize that, Mm -hmm. Uh, then you don't want to use God's Love over on, you know, bankofamerica.com or whatever your banking credentials might be. Right. So that would be helpful. Um, What else would be good? Oh, use a password reminder. Those are awesome tools to have. And I use one on my computer. It's called LastPass. Yeah. LastPass is amazing. It just basically generates all these really, really random characters for each and every single password that I use. So all of my passwords are different. And uh, if I log into anything, I know that, you know, it's going to be really easy to find that in my LastPass vault. But it's going to be so hard to memorize and so hard to basically crack that Mm -hmm. it would take somebody days, if not, you know, months to be able to crack it. So I'm not too worried about my passwords. And use two-factor authentication. Yes. I love two-factor authentication. So TFA or TF2FA is, it basically means that it's using two different versions of information to access your accounts. So it could be something you know and something you have, or it could be, yeah, like that. So for me, it would be something I know, which is my password, and then something I have, which is a token ID on my phone. So unless I have two, both of those things, I'm not able to log on to my accounts on any kind of wireless, no matter where it is.
1: Right. I, I'm really hopeful that two-factor authentication becomes the norm for most logins, at least for things that you need to log into regularly. Uh, Me I mean, too. I use it for I use it for my email. I use it for uh, I use it for Facebook. Um, so I use it for the things that I, whenever it's possible. And like you, I use a password reminder system, a, a vault system. Uh, I use Dashlane, which is similar to LastPass. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, it's I've never heard of that one. Dashlane is pretty cool. It's, uh, uh, one of those that, that also has the cloud-based, um, system so that if you are on someone else's computer and you need to access something, you can access it through the, uh, the, the website. Okay. Uh, you know, go to Dashlane's website and access your passwords that way. And that way you don't have to, download anything to that person's computer and that's useful. <laughs> so really you just, the, the key to those is that you usually have to have one master password that will get you into the vault so that the vault knows you are who you claim to be. Yep. And uh, even that Dashlane, I think has uh two factor authentication as well. I think I always get a message on my phone whenever I have to do a, a wipe on a computer, on a computer, I'm rebuilding a computer or something. Uh, that's, (laughs) I, I, I go in and I type my password super fast. I hit enter. I'm ready for it to load up. Oh, that's right. Let me get my phone. (laughs) Gotta go go type in this text message. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's great advice. I really much appreciate it. So now I want to ask you, are there any things in tech, like, are there any areas in tech that you haven't really had a chance to dive into yet that you would love a chance to explore further? Maybe it's a tech. I'm sure
0: there are. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, there is. I just remembered. Car tech.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: I know almost nothing about cars. It's so sad, really. But I know that there's all sorts of crazy cool hacks that you can do with newer cars on the market. Yep. Like, I just saw a guy on YouTube uh he has a tesla i don't know how he can afford one of those things but he has a tesla and he has a uh this hack rf which is a, a software defined radio that you can plug into your computer basically so he took this radio and this antenna and he played a frequency through the antenna and he transmitted it near his tesla and he was able to open the little gas control on his On his Tesla. And I was like, that is so crazy cool. I didn't know you could do that. And apparently you can do things with, like, the little key fobs that you receive with cars when you buy them new. You know, those things are crazy expensive. But it turns Mm -hmm. out every time you hit the unlock button or the lock button, they send the same frequency, but it's encoded in a different way. So you can't copy it and you can't create your own key fob to open and break into other people's cars. It's, like, so cool.
1: That is pretty (laughs) awesome.
0: I get really excited about stuff like that. So I need to learn more about
1: cars. <laughs> well, we've got a we've got a guy here uh, His name's Scott Benjamin. He's one of the two hosts for Car Stuff. And before he came to How Stuff Works, he worked in the auto industry. Uh, so he has a huge background in that. He sits right next to me and he's a very quiet guy, very, very polite. And then when you uh, when you really start chatting with him about cars, he just he, he lights up. And so we've had a couple of discussions, and in fact, I just recorded an episode with him where we talked about uh, autonomous cars and all the technology that goes into making that possible and how some of that technology is finding its way into consumer vehicles today. They're not autonomous vehicles, but they are...
0: My car parks itself. Yeah. It's the best thing ever.
1: Well, yeah, especially if you live in, say, like the Bay Area.
0: Oh yeah. If you don't know how to parallel park out here, you can't park. And I don't know how to parallel park because I grew up in Missouri. So
1: yeah. And, and also uh, you didn't have to worry about parallel parking on a, uh, on a hill that has like a 40 degree incline.
0: Very true. So I just let my car do it for me.
1: That's, that's a good, it was a good investment. A good yeah. He was talking about a system that would, uh, would even get to the point where it lets you out at the curb of say a mall and then it goes and looks for a parking spot and parks what? itself. And then when you come out, you hit your little key fob and then it comes and finds you.
0: Oh my gosh. It's like a puppy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's getting closer and closer to the truly driverless cars. Um, which uh, I, I cannot wait for personally, since I don't, I don't drive. So for me, that would be a wonderful thing. So what do you find? frustrating as someone who covers technology? What what sort of things do you think would you like to see change just in all the sort of stuff you do?
0: Um, Being a woman in tech.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, that would be a big one, right? To, not, not that you would change being a woman, but that you would change how everyone behaves toward you. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Well, I didn't really feel strong and self-worthy until a few years ago. You know, I've been doing this since 2008 and I've dealt with all sorts of rude things being thrown at me, people calling me stupid or calling me a noob. And yeah, I think I'm a noob about certain things, but when they call me a noob about what I'm researching and talking about, I'm like, no, no, I'm not here. I can teach you this too. Let me show you how this works.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's irritating because they act not only as if you don't know anything, but that you could not know anything, that you exactly. you are incapable of learning, even if you, you know, didn't know it. First of all, you already know it. Second of all, you have the capacity to learn, even if it if it is something you don't know, you can learn it. That's exactly
0: right. I learn something new every single day. That's one of my goals is learning something new every day, no matter how small or how big it is. And then I try to teach other people that thing that I learn.
1: Yeah, that's, that's kind of how uh, How Stuff works, works works, just sort of the philosophy of our company and our website so there's no one here at this company who doesn't learn something new every day um and then of course it's our job to try and communicate that to our audience in a way that makes sense and is accurate Yep. you know those are two things that are challenging you know
0: yeah i've had um i've had a few experiences where like i would have email from a fan and they'd say like oh i think this is really cool and it's so easy, even you could do it, and I'm just oh. like, really yeah <laughs> is that how you feel and the sad part is i I don't think that a lot of times people realize that they're being somewhat downgrading and it's just because they perceive women as not supposed to be in the tech field, so they mm-hmm. just figure, oh well, you're in you're in the field well you're just here because you're pretty or you're in the field, you're just here to you know hang out with the cool guys. Whatever it might be like, no, I'm not. I'm here because I want to build a new computer.
1: (laughs) Well, more power to you is what I say. So who are some of the people that you really like to uh to work with or or listen to? I don't know if you have time to actually listen to other podcasts. It's getting harder and harder, especially if you're working on five or six shows. You probably don't have a whole lot of spare time. But I'm just curious, who are the people that you you look to as uh, your favorite peers in the space
0: <laughs> um well there's lots uh there's this guy Jonathan Strickland who's great at what he does he and i learn all sorts of new stuff him
1: a bald idiot <laughs> a bald idiot but no no that's very sweet i was not fishing for compliments i'm just going <laughs> to blush you keep talking
0: okay so um one of my friends who has been doing journalistic podcasting for a long time his name is Tom Merritt you know him he's yep. awesome uh, he was one of the very, very first podcasters that I started listening to way back in college days, and I thought that he was... He was very understanding. His voice was excellent to listen to, and he did mm-hmm. his research. He wasn't just, you know, reading off articles. He was actually going in depth and trying to find really interesting information about everything that he was talking about. So I've been listening to Tom Merritt shows for a very long time. He even – he was my officiant for my wedding.
1: <laughs> yeah, Tom Tom is uh, – for those of you who do not know Tom Merritt, uh he – he was a podcaster for a very long time with CNET. Uh did a very popular show called Buzz Out Loud. He worked for a while over at This Week in Tech. He was uh the person who started Tech News Today. He now has his own show that's supported by uh by listeners actually. They he uses Patreon to support his show and that's the Daily Tech News Show. And Tom Tom not only is really good at communicating uh tech news and explaining the context and why it's important. He's also incredibly generous with his time and he loves to have other people come on to his show and share their points of view and generally is one of the nicest guys in podcasting that I've, I've encountered. Um, yep. Me too. He was the first person to have me on as a guest on another show. And that was on buzz out loud way back in the day. Me so, too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so, uh, Tom Merritt, good choice, good choice.
0: We go back, we go back in the days. I respect him very much, and I I appreciate that he's let me kind of go under his wing a little bit and ask him questions whenever I need help. Um, one of my coworkers, Patrick Norton, he's been in the scene for a long time, and he's yep. he's really kind of taken me under his wing as well, and he's taught me a lot about podcasting and what he expects of me uh, being on his show, and I still consider it his show, even though we're both doing Techzilla together. And um, last but not least, one of my favorite women in the industry is Veronica Belmont, another one of our good friends.
1: Wow. Yeah, you've named all the people that yeah. I know. <laughs> Veronica <laughs> It's kind of weird because,
0: awesome. like, now working in this field and working with these people, I've really, you know, learned about their personalities and learned what they're good at and what they still want to divulge in. And yeah. a lot of them are, you know, I, I feel like they're experts in their fields. And um, for me, you know, Patrick and Tom are excellent people to look up to as far as, you know, what should I do better from your standpoint? But Veronica, for me, is a great female perspective Mm -hmm. because she's been in it a lot longer than I have. She went to school for, um, I believe, for audio or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's she's been in it long enough to, you know, know how to cope with dealing with, you know, anti-female people in the world. Sure. Yeah. How to deal with.
1: She has no tolerance the industry.
0: for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've asked her a lot of questions about like, hey, how do I deal with this comment on YouTube and stuff like that? And she's been really helpful in that way as well.
1: Yeah, I I uh, I respect the heck out of all the people you have mentioned.
0: I have so many other friends that are in yeah. in the field. Like, you know, I work with Darren Kitchen and he's this amazing hacker and <laughs> he's taught me a lot as well. Like anytime I have a question on Hack5, I'm like, dude how do i do this and he can explain it to me in a detail that s- breaks it down so so good and i'm just like holy crap i'm so happy that i work with you so yeah. yeah there's just there's so many people in this field that you can learn from and i'm trying to use as much as that of that to my advantage as i can
1: It, it to me what's phenomenal is that uh and this is peek behind the curtain for for our podcast listeners a lot of podcasters are happy to help out each other and it's There's no real ego there for a lot of them. I'm sure there's some that are exceptions, but I've been few
0: and I've, I've felt that I've, I've worked with that before, but you know, to be honest, most of the people in our field are some of the nicest people I've ever met.
1: Yeah. So now that we've, we've kind of talked all about your career and the people that you know, and and the things you do. And I know you can't talk about this new show, so I'm not going to ask you about the new show, but, If you could do a show that you are not doing now, what would the topic be?
0: Can I give you two?
1: Yes, of course you can.
0: Okay. So the first one is a Sailor Moon fan show where all I talk about is Sailor Moon every day for (laughs) the entirety of like an hour and I would discuss the cosplay and the mythology behind Sailor Moon, and I would talk about the author and the manga and the anime. It's an anime for anybody who's not familiar. I'm obsessed with that show, and I have been obsessed since I was like five years old, and I'm going to Japan next year just to pick up a whole bunch of Sailor Moon merchandise. That's how obsessed I am.
1: (laughs) We got to get you out to Dragon Con, I'm telling you.
0: I know, I know. I'm planning to go next year. I have it on my calendar when they're opening up hotels again, so I'm hoping I'll be there next year. (laughs)
1: <laughs> All right. So what's number two? That's number two number
0: is this one's weird and people are going to think I'm crazy, but it's a couponing show.
1: <laughs> yes, you are uh, a super coupon person, right?
0: Kind of. Well, I'm I'm kind of taking a break at the moment so I can focus on the shows that I get paid for. <laughs> yeah. But uh, couponing is when you figure out the store policies for whatever store accepts coupons. And you figure out how to manipulate the coupon, a store sale, and a store coupon and stack them on top of each other to hopefully get stuff for free. And it's totally legal. You can do it. It's completely fine. And as long as it's under their policy, you're allowed to do whatever you want with the coupon. So I like to go to stores and try to get things for at least under a dollar and a lot of times for free. You do still have to pay tax, so hopefully it's things that you use. Yeah. I've been able to get like a pretty good stockpile of, you know, hygienic things, uh, lots of paper products. And I've even been able to give a lot of stuff away to my friends and even a few homeless guys in the area. And they really appreciated it. And it makes me feel good inside to be able to do that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I I tried it once. I ended up with 17 bottles of shampoo and I just spent the evening crying in the
0: shower.
1: (laughs) It's, you know... But I, I, I definitely admire the ability to do it. Well, Shannon, again, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm going to ask you to come back when we're covering specific topics like coding and hacking so that you'll be a guest host, not just an interview subject. Oh my gosh, I would love to. It would be phenomenal. You'll, you'll be amazing. And so we'll, we'll, we'll get some, we'll talk offline and figure out some topics. And times, that's always actually the biggest challenge is figuring out when we can schedule these things. Yep. Uh, But for those of of my listeners who want to follow everything you do one more time, just to give them the opportunity, tell them where to find you.
0: Easiest place is Twitter. I'm at Snubs. So that's at S-N-U-B-S. I think that would be September, November, Umbrella, uh, Bravo, September.
1: Yeah, yeah. That would be that be that'd be a good call sign right there.
0: Another thing I'm trying to remember. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. My wife's very good at that. She works in the airline industry, so nice. she she spells things out like that. And I am said, my brain doesn't work that way. You're just just use the letters. <laughs> I'm well,
0: kind of a dork. I practice on the way to work by looking at license plate numbers.
1: <laughs> oh, that's fantastic
0: yeah it's it's a great way to uh train yourself to learn all the different um what are they the different alphanumeric whatever they're called yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't even remember what they're called yeah Alpha it, bravo charlie
1: <laughs> i i would i would uh i know that my floyd the uh truck driver who's one of our super fans i know he would he would jump right in and start talking about this that would be one of his uh, <laughs> dream topics oh Jen, yeah. thank you so much i really appreciate it thank uh, you For all of my listeners out there, if you have suggestions for people you would like me to interview for future episodes of Tech Stuff, or maybe there's just a topic that you've always wanted to learn more about, get in touch with me. My email address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com, or you can drop me a line on Facebook or on Twitter or on Tumblr. The handle at all three is techstuffhsw, and I'll talk to you again really soon.